We ready? I mean... Uh, what, are you a little afraid? A little. I don't know, I'm kind of nervous about it all of a sudden. <laughs> You're getting spooked? It's like, all these people are going to hear us? Yeah. I don't know. Everybody. Suddenly, I'm just not sure. They're all listening. Oh, come on, this isn't team tasking from last week. <laughs> they can't see your deepest, darkest tasks. That's true. Right, this that is, is way less scary than that. Okay, well, maybe I should just take a leap. Just do it. Cut the episode? Yeah. You sure? Right. I, yeah. Okay. I'm going to do it. Going to do it. Okay. I'm going to do it. Let's we go. go. Welcome to The Critical Path with Mary and Jason, a podcast about business development, company culture, and loving the place you work just a little bit more. And doing something that terrifies you. Doing something that terrifies you. This is episode 44, and we are talking about exactly that, doing something that terrifies you. So, last week... Last week was the fall event. Yeah. At... ABC. At Emerald City Trapeze Arts. Mm -hmm. And nobody knew it, but we purchased the, uh, the headline spot for sponsorship and worked for several weeks with the staff there to perform and, and pull off something that was really kind of special. So ever since I was a little girl and I used to go to the circus with my cousin. Mm -hmm. and this is like at the county fair or something? No, this was the Shriner Circus. Oh, it was in November because wow. it was, uh, we, there were a lot of cousins, but my birthday was in November. Mm -hmm. So I always got to go, like they would only bring one of us mm -hmm. and it was always me because it was my birthday in November and I got to go to the you circus with a, Jenny. You're always a circus child. Jenny was the oldest cousin and everyone wanted to go everywhere with Jenny, but I got to go to the circus with Jenny. Didn't Jenny actually run off with the circus? I mean, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't glamorous. I, it wasn't good on Facebook. Okay. So, anyway, we used to get to ride the elephant. Mm -hmm. uh, it was like a thing where you paid like $7 and they let you sit in like a basket on the elephant's back. Uh, but what I always really wanted to do was to fly in the lira, which if you don't know what a lira is, it's also referred to as the aerial hoop. And it's basically just that. It looks like a hula hoop, but mm -hmm. it's a steel ring. And it it's is- It's solid steel. It's, it's solid, well, depending. Most. Yeah. It's a steel ring and it is suspended from the ceiling. And you climb inside of it and you spin around and if you are much better than me at it, you can do all kinds of cool tricks. Mm -hmm. uh, I have never been inside of one in my life. So when I was little, mm -hmm. I used to want to go in that instead of on the elephant. And of course, that was not an option. It was not yep. made available for children to climb around. Well, and it's actually pretty <laughs> hazardous given the height and the speed and, and the rotation and all of the moving pieces to it. Mm -hmm. um, so we had the... the uh, we saw that this event came up for sponsorship, and we typically just pass those over. But we thought, hey, this is a circus event. It's a trapeze event. It's a fancy dinner. This is very much arcade. This is well, our brand. And the truth is, we tend to feel like even if we buy a table of seats yeah. at something, uh, the sponsorship, the main thing that that gets you is it gets your logo plastered everywhere, which sure. is cool. Great. And it gets you two minutes to speak from the stage. Yeah. And I've seen so many of these. Mm -hmm. And when we look at that, we always feel like we would fall asleep on the stage trying to stand up there and mm -hmm. talk for two minutes about 
who Arcade is and why you want to do business with us. That's just not our style. This is the last reason why people came to the event is to listen to you Mm -hmm. pay to speak at them. Exactly. So we wanted to do something different. So then I came to Mary and I said, I really want to sponsor this event. I think it's a good fit for us. I want to fit in these handful of things that don't seem to tie together. He said, I want what we do to be interesting and fun. I want this, this, what we share to be fun. I want it to be entertaining. Mm -hmm. I want it to be surprising. Mm -hmm. I want it to not be talking about ourselves and who we are, but I still want it to make people aware of who we are and want to ask questions about working with us because, you know, we still have to keep the lights on. But it should show what we do as opposed to tell what we do. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to tag it into the podcast because as we get more and more listeners, we really feel like it's doing a lot of good out in the world. Mm -hmm. So it's a good venue to be able to spread the, the information that we're sharing with the world that way. Yep. So. so I cranked on that for a couple weeks <laughs> and then I came to Jason in the kitchen while he was making dinner and said, so I've been thinking about that sponsorship. I have an idea. Said, what if I fly in the Lyra? <laughs> Cuts finger. <laughs> and so initially he was pretty suspicious of the idea. Uh, But what I suggested is that we go down to Emerald City where they give these classes that is a part of their business model. Mm -hmm. And I said, what if I got some private lessons and worked with the trainers there to find a safe way to do it? And Jason said, let's go check it out. Mm -hmm. So we went down and we visited with them and uh, um, spent time with Sean, who he was the first contact we had there. He's the manager, I think, the general manager. And we kind of shared what it was that we were after, what we wanted to do. And he said, well, this is the circus. You can do anything at the circus. Yeah. I, yeah, I said, uh, it's okay if this is like a safety problem or if we can't do it because I've never touched a thing like this and I'm not that person normally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I said, I understand if it's not possible. And he said, this is the circus. Anything is possible. Yeah. So the, the piece that, that Mary came up with was, uh, she wanted to have a basically a comedy bit where mm-hmm. she's in the lyra and and we kind of work the audience and we love doing that all the time anytime we can mm-hmm. um, i've never worked an audience from a spinning perch nope <laughs> seven feet in the air nope and so then uh then we cut audio from the event and uh really kind of captured the idea of the the piece that we push more than anything else is do something that terrifies you because getting in the Lyra terrified me. Every lesson was terrifying, <laughs> was abject terror for me. Yeah. And I still want to go back and yeah. learn more because it was a really interesting, really fun, really great experience. Yeah. Uh, but it did absolutely terrify me. And so then that kind of uh, made us think in the bigger picture of the, the relationship that people have with fear and terror. And so there are kind of the... the places in life where you have the crushing fear, Um, but this is kind of a different thing. So we want to share the actual Mm -hmm. audio of the event with everybody. So Mm -hmm. here we go. Yeah. So you can listen to this and when we come back, we'll talk more about fear. Good. Hello. Anybody hear me? Yep. (laughs) I can't hear me. There he is. How are we doing? So I'm super happy that everybody could make it here tonight. Our whole table made it, fantastic. Lots of uh, good friends and family here, people that I consider to be family. 
Um, so this is the part of the show where we get to tell you all about us and how fantabulous we are <laughs> and how exciting it is to work with us, Travis. Uh, so we're Arcade Wayfinding and essentially we help construction companies grow up. Jason, everyone's here for dinner and to see the circus. They don't want to talk about work. That's boring. Mary, this is the bit, right? We paid to be here to talk about us. So we provide full-scale business development, executive coaching, project coaching. Wait, now you're boring. Training. I'm something else to do. Construction training. We're working. Mary. I am going to find something interesting to do. Ooh, what that? Mary. So we're supposed to be talking here. I know, but this seems more you... fun. <laughs> this is not okay. Can you <laughs> can we get her off of this? Mm, this needs to be higher. Brian, can you take me up? Brian. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> how, how do you know Brian? Take it down. <laughs> Seriously, though. If you know us, then maybe you know that we have a podcast called The Critical Pack. And if you know us even better, you probably still don't know that it's always been Mary's dream to fly in the lyric. So next week on our podcast, we're talking about why once in a while you should do something that terrifies you. Ready? Yep. <laughs> Do this all night. <laughs> okay, where was I? I uh, do something that terrifies you. Right. With bonus points if you weren't sure you would ever be brave enough to do it. Even more bonus points if it's never been done before. So we were going to tell you that no one had ever podcasted from a lira before, but Brian was quick to tell us that that was not in fact the case. So we're going to go with this being the first time anyone has ever podcasted from a spinning hoop for a construction-themed event. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, well, we're gonna do that whether it's true or not. Okay, first time, we're making history here. So, if you have listened to our podcast before, you know that we do something called the Jetpack. The Jetpack is about the thing that gives you the boost you need to get to where you're going. So, we need everybody's help in making history, podcast, construction, world-bending history. So, at the count of three, if you'd be so kind as to shout jetpack as loud as you can. Ready? One, two, no, not yet. <laughs> you almost forgot the important part. Did I? <laughs> Ready? Go. One, two, three. Jetpack! Jet You okay? Good, I'm moving my mic over. <laughs> they can hear you anyway. So, we would love to thank everyone here at Emerald City Art, Trapeze Arts, for helping us to make this happen. Uh, we worked with Ivana, we worked with Brian, and they helped us not only to make a dream come true, but to do it safely, which is really important. So, if you always wanted to fly or run, run away and join the circus, check out the classes here at Emerald City. Okay, we're back. Yeah, that was a blast. <laughs> it was so much fun. Hopefully they didn't just listen to audio of me falling and dying. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, we can edit that out. <laughs> well, Mary's legs are both broken now. It, it was a good time. <laughs> Do something that terrifies you. So the, the idea of something that terrifies you is oftentimes something that, that is big and scary and intimidating. Uh, this is kind of looking over the, uh, the cliff and you are getting ready to jump into the water. Uh, you, your friends are down there. You don't believe there are any rocks. Do you do it or not? Mm -hmm. This is different from the kind of terrified where it's late at night and you're not sure it's a good idea to mm -hmm. go like wandering around the bad side of town. Right. Like that's maybe not a good idea. But this is the kind of thing where this is like getting into the Lyra, something you want to do, you're drawn to do. It's interesting. It's entertaining. It's passionate. But you're really afraid to do it. Mm -hmm. So there have been a lot of places in our life where, where things are terrifying. And in every way, those going through those moments of just leaping have defined where we are today. So some things that are terrifying from a, a kind of work perspective as mm -hmm. opposed to a personal perspective. Business, business. business. We're talking about business, yep. Mary. Oh. We talked about the Lyra enough. <laughs> We're done talking about People the Lyra. People are bored with the Lyra. It's not true. The Lyra is always cool. <laughs> so going back to school is terrifying. So my mom was like 40 years old mm -hmm. and had raised kids and not raised, had a job. Raised four girls and worked part time. Yep. Had, uh, well, yeah. She, no skills. Yeah. And was a bank teller yeah. by the time we were starting to get to the point where we were grown up. Mm -hmm. And she had always, my whole life, wanted to go to nursing school and went to nursing school and was terrified to do it and became a nurse kind of at the top of her career and retired from a really respected position in cancer research. Mm -hmm. And there were people around her who were telling her not to do it or you can't do it or it's mm -hmm. not a good idea and there were the supporters who were around her saying look life is short you get this you get this chance one time mm -hmm. uh, just because you had kids and you're 40 it doesn't mean that you can't start a whole new life at this point yep and she has since gone through that whole career and been successful and is starting the third phase of her life yeah where she's now enjoying retirement and mm -hmm. being a full-time grandma and mm -hmm. Etsy shop mm -hmm. proprietor yeah so uh, it can be scary to start a new career. So yeah, if you've absolutely. kind of worked yourself into a position where this is the only trade or the only business you've known, mm -hmm. you can find yourself unhappy or just kind of despondent and, and you aren't you don't feel the passion for it anymore. A good friend of ours crunched numbers in the insurance business mm -hmm. for his whole adult life mm -hmm. and decided he wanted to go into construction trades yeah. and uh, started a business doing some estimating. Three years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we helped him kind of put the foundational blocks together to, to get that started. Mm -hmm. And he's really happy doing it. Mm -hmm. And he could still be at the insurance company mm -hmm. cranking away. And it was what life insurance too, which is really dark yeah. and morbid. <laughs> really dark it, stuff. It got to him after a while. But it's important that we see those moments as opportunities, even if they're scary. And it was scary for them. Yep. And now he's helping people build their businesses and build their dreams, mm -hmm. which is really fun. Yeah. Uh, starting a new business or a new piece of your business can be scary. So if you have an existing mm -hmm. business and you want to start a new branch or a new, new arm discipline mm -hmm. of, of that, you want to take on a new kind of work, a different kind of work than you've done before. So why would you change what it is that you do every day? It's profitable, mm -hmm. right? You know that, that 
it can bring in money, bring in revenue. Why would you take a risk on something else? Mm -hmm. And that is kind of the nature of business in a lot of ways is identifying what are the risks that are worth taking and uh, hedging the the amount of risk that you're comfortable accepting. Mm -hmm. And how about starting a new business? Like maybe deciding that you're done being a PM Mm -hmm. after years of being a GCPM and contracting on a track to senior PM. Yeah. And then partner. Yeah. And then you just like give a scant year and a half notice (laughs) and yeet out of there and scant year and a half notice. Start a business just like telling people how to organize their businesses. Yeah. Well, and and (laughs) it, it was interesting because when we started this, there was no model. To, to look at and uh, say there was yeah there was nothing we could find of anyone who did anything like what we do and in in the course of our day we counsel people we provide advice that bleeds into parenting but also management and help people grow and fix their businesses and fix their relationships and run better safer stronger projects uh, the the angle that we take of education and what we do I've never heard of anybody else doing. Yeah, and people ask us questions like, well, don't you get your content from somewhere? You can't just <laughs> make stuff up and train people on that. Yeah. But the truth is, there was nothing that existed that taught the things that we wanted to teach. Yeah. M- many folks will say, you have a very unique niche business. Mm-hmm. And I can never tell, I mean, I, I can sometimes tell, <laughs> whether or not they're, they're being uh, uh, derogatory mm-hmm. or whether or not they're just puzzled or, or impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really scary when we started this business because I uh, wasn't working mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah. And we had two kids. Yeah. And you I was the breadwinner. had a full-time, very stable job. Mm-hmm. And then you just stopped going. Yeah. And... I remember there was a point in time, there was a line in the sand where... I remember that. It was, we had, it was, was it 30 days? It was, had it was three, 30 or three weeks. We had three weeks. Mm-hmm. Three weeks. And if we couldn't sign a client or two and, and basically be able to pay our rent, mm-hmm. then we were going to have to pack it up. Yeah. And we didn't have any, any investors. We didn't have any backers. Nothing. We, we basically had a plan that was sketched out and a timeline to do it. And it was fly or fall in a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. And, so, and it was shorter than we anticipated because mm-hmm. we thought we had a, a longer mm-hmm. runway. Yeah. And, and basically, one of the first clients that we started working with, mm-hmm. it kind of came apart Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden we had to hurry and get some clients Mm -hmm. or else Arcade wasn't going to be a thing. Yeah, while we were kind of building the business underneath us. Mm -hmm. So that was terrifying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And finally, doing something cool when you retire can be terrifying. It can. So we had a a, uh, person in in the office that we had done work with before in the past and uh, it's, a, it's a guy I really enjoy working with. And he's coming up on retirement. He doesn't want to rock the boat um, with respect to where he's at. And he says, I only have three years or so and I'm mm-hmm. going to be retired. And my big question, of course, is then what? What are you going to do? So you're going to be 60 some years old and you've put all of these years, decades into your career. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do for the rest of your life? And he said, I don't know. I haven't really thought about that. Yep. <laughs> and inside my mind, I'm screaming, are you kidding me? Like you've, <laughs> you've worked your whole career and you're planning to just get out. And up to this point in your life, you haven't put any thought into what it is that you want to do. Mm-hmm. That's scary. 
Well, it's spooky, and and I think that. Uh, but I always go back. But I to, think there's that fear of like every day I have my job to propel me through the day mm-hmm. and to propel me through life. Mm-hmm. And what does it even look like when I don't have that task list anymore? When I don't have you know, let's let's pretend for a minute that you're not afraid at all of what's going to happen to you financially. Sure, you're set. You're good. You yeah. get to just go. What do I do all day? Yeah. And I mean. I think for a lot of people, there are a lot of easy answers. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my mom after her career of nursing. Now she's like, I'm going to make costumes. Yeah. I'm going to make dice bags. And I'm, she loves to sew. So she buys all these crazy sewing feet and crazy fabric and just makes things. And that's what makes her happy. This is in uh, like an office space where a guy asked him what he wants to do if he had a million dollars or whatever. And he said, I would do nothing. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that there's a dream of that. And I would most certainly take a year just kind of existing. I don't think you could do nothing even for a year. I think there would be jet skis. There would be like... There'd be a lot of lolling, a lot of just taking my time, (laughs) reading the newspaper. I'd buy some newspapers and maybe... Why? I don't know. I mean, not like... Current newspapers. I read like, read 19, like old newspapers. 1950s newspapers. <laughs> or, see, like that's a hobby. I feel like that has to be a hobby. Does that count? Is doing nothing? <laughs> it, was, it feels like it. Anyway. I feel like there would be a lot of video games. Sure. Like we could go back and play, like by the now. Oh, yeah. So far we'll have gone by that we won't remember like Witcher or Skyrim anymore. Yeah. And we can play them again as though it's the first time. Yeah. I'll just, yeah. Anyway. Okay. So, so a year of video games I can handle. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> I remember speaking with a woman and we, we do intake meetings where we onboard clients and we, we need to quickly get to know everybody mm-hmm. under the hood and understand all of the moving pieces. So we spend time with each one of them trying to get a better sense of who we're working with and what their strengths are. And I remember talking to a woman and one of the key questions we have is if everybody is distinctly gifted and everybody has something special about them, what is special about you? And and this is not a, a question suggesting that I don't believe that there's something special. I know there's something special and I'm trying to help pull those things out. And she started to tear up and she said, you know, I've never asked myself that question. I've never thought about that before. And she was tearing up and crying because she had gone through 65 years of life and up to that point had never thought about what her purpose was. Why is she here? And I think many times when we're talking about retirement, we haven't even, we've gone through and just grinded the whole time and haven't had the consideration of what am I here for? What should I do? Yeah. Right. And that's kind of the, the bit about the, the, terror that we're facing down mm-hmm. is that many times the terror that we're living with is just how to pay the next bill, yeah. right? And how to get through the next door and the next hurdle. But it has very little to do oftentimes with what we're here for. Well, but the terror to pay the next of how we're going to pay the next bill is mm-hmm. a different kind of terror it is. than the terror that comes with this kind of yes. thing. And this is the Are terror. Are differentiating between fear and terror? Sure. Yeah, I think that? that's probably fair. Let's mm-hmm. let's put it that way. But but really, You're welcome. <laughs> Trademark. Really, what it comes back to is that idea of taking a leap, and I think there's that always is a leap. The specific kind of terror that we're talking about. So if. You're just worried about how you're going to pay your bills. There's not a leap there. You just keep scrabbling and hopefully you get it paid, right? Whereas when you're looking to start a new career, start a new business. Do something big. Do something different. Mm -hmm. There's a leap there. 
And I think, of course, it's very important that you do your homework, mm -hmm. that you understand what you're about to do. Where are you jumping? Are there rocks right under the surface of that water? How many people have died in that location? Mm -hmm. You, you want to do a cursory search. You want to make sure that you do well, your not own. just cursory. Well, do whatever, whatever level of search that you can afford. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the times, folks will get lost in the research mm -hmm. where they just consider over and over and take too long. Yes. But you want to do but the right research reasonable, responsible level yep. of research, yep. alliteration, to <laughs> want to sit with that decision for long enough to yep. know that you're sure. And again, this is about, I know that what your concern is, is people who get stuck, yep. but also you want to be careful that you don't, you know, there are also people who just leap jump at a moment's and notice and leap and leap and leap. Yep. And you don't want to do that yep. either. Uh, but once you've done a reasonable amount of research, mm -hmm. Once you have sat with that decision, you slept on it, you you know it's the right thing, mm -hmm. at some point you have to just jump because, mm -hmm. yeah, you're right, people will just get caught there mm -hmm. and just keep considering it and you can consider a thing for a lifetime mm -hmm. and never get around to doing it. And then they're just existing. Right? Mm -hmm. They're not living. They're just present in, in their body mm -hmm. and that's it. It was probably four or five years ago that I learned that you could go in the city of Seattle and take lessons to learn to fly in Alira. Oh yeah. Because before say four or five years ago, I had no concept that that was ever a thing that could happen. Right. Uh, and then I learned. Unless you joined the circus. Right. Which I wasn't planning on doing. Mm -hmm. So I learned that that was a thing that existed and I wanted to do it. And I also was afraid mm -hmm. to do it. And for me, it was not so much a fear of being up high, mm -hmm. or although that is terrifying, or spinning <laughs> constantly, yeah. even though that is terrifying. Or in front of 250 people. Yeah, I made the comment to Sean, I said, I've always wanted to do it, Sean, the general manager over at Emerald City Trapeze Arts. I said, I've always wanted to do it, but I just never got the courage to do it until now. And he said, no, you needed a room full of <laughs> 200 people watching. And they all know you. And, and I was like, it sounds crazy, right? And he was like, nope, this is the circus, we get it. Yeah, it makes sense here. <laughs> So, so the point is that you can't just sit on it and sit on it and live with that terror. You, you need to make the leap. So this is my, my uh, conservative brain coming in. Devil's advocate. Devil's advocate. Uh, I, I tend to be a little bit more uh, metered in the decisions that I make and the way that I go about um, taking risks. Mm -hmm. So the worst thing that Mary can do, if anybody knows us, is take an unnecessary risk. If, mm -hmm. if it's not necessary, it is the last thing in the world that you should do. Mm -hmm. So many folks will say, well, you're telling us to leap at this point. Mm -hmm. There was a story where I was eight months pregnant with Cadence, mm -hmm. and we had at that point two cars. Oh, yeah. We had one car, which was referred to as the baby car, yeah. which was the only car that was safe. It was safe for, for pregnant, pregnant women. people or babies yeah. to ride in. Pregnant babies? No, pregnant people or babies. Yes, yeah. The other one you should not put a baby in. It had no back seats. So the other one was not for babies, and according to Jason, gravity. it was not for pregnant yeah. people. Yeah, we never had our babies in that car. No, there was no back seat. Right. Or the back seat was torn out of it. Yeah, well, you can put your babies in the front seat if that's all you have. Yeah, I would not have put babies. I know. <laughs> so, I, love I but that car. I really wanted whatever it was I wanted at the grocery store, and I was eight months pregnant, and there was no one home to go. So get she it gets in a 1988 Suzuki Samurai, and I drove to the Jewel Osco. <laughs> And I'm walking down the ice cream aisle looking for whatever it was I wanted. It was probably that peach sorbet that I used to eat when I was pregnant. Yeah. And turn around 
and Jason is in the aisle. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fancy meeting you here. And you're like, what are you doing? What here? are you doing here? How did you get here? <laughs> like, I know you rode the samurai. And I was like, I had to get here. And you took I'm me like, home. I, yeah, I was pissed. You and were pissed. I, I would have been happy to pick up that ice cream for you and if you drove the other car it's much better you don't understand being pregnant you had the other car <laughs> you don't understand how much you need peach sorbet sometimes when you're eight months pregnant oh you could just like uh uh what is it DoorDash it yeah no that wasn't a thing 17 years ago jason <laughs> so a lot of people will, will uh, challenge the notion of taking a risk or or leaping or doing something that terrifies you and they'll say why would i do that and Mary's response is, why not? <laughs> what? Why not? I mean, <laughs> the same reasons that you're terrified. You're a to crazy do it. person. I think, you know, everybody always has this this feeling like ultimately the the fear and the terror is what if I take the leap and I lose everything? And it goes wrong. So if you're really talking about Alira. And you're really afraid that maybe you're going to, like, tip backwards out of that thing and, like, crack your head open. That's a different conversation. Well, have a two-foot mat under you. That's great. But yeah. my point is, if you're really afraid, you're going to die. Yeah. That's one thing. Sure. But when we're talking about starting a new business, mm -hmm. when we're talking about going back to school, when we're talking about a lot of these things, the real fear is, what if I don't have any money? Mm -hmm. What if I lose my money? What if I lose my house? Mm -hmm. What if I lose my, my stuff? What if I lose my job? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if you quit your job mm -hmm. to start a business, yeah. what if I lose my financial security? Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's fair for me to say, so what? Mm -hmm. Because we have lost everything. Oh, yeah. Many times yeah. we have lost everything. If you've heard all of our podcasts, yeah. you know how many times we've lost everything. So uh, a big lesson and a takeaway for me was that I watched my dad work at the steel mill and he worked for 30 years ish and the mantra that he had every single day is okay i know the day that i'm retiring i'm going to put in my time mm -hmm. i hate my job 752 more days yeah his his <laughs> boss his boss made him clean toilets and he was a manager but mm -hmm. he did it as punishment mm -hmm. to be vindictive to my dad mm -hmm. and sure my dad was a dick but <laughs> i love that but <laughs> But he was basically, you know, bullied for 30 years. Mm -hmm. And so he finally gets his pension. And this is kind of his magic moment. He doesn't have a clue what he wants to do after. But he, he retires. And then a year later, the union renegotiates his pension. So he gets 10 cents on the dollar. Yep. So that safety and that security net that he's been working so hard for his whole life went away in a flash. Mm -hmm. It broke his plan and totally changed everything. And I feel like that was a lesson for me because there's so many places in life where people just grab onto that, that idea of financial security with white knuckles. Mm -hmm. And if they get something close enough to it, they're happy. And well, I guess not happy. They are content mm -hmm. and they, they will stay there and never ever leap for the chance that there might be something different that mm -hmm. actually calls to their purpose. Yeah. You got to do you. Mm -hmm. You got to do what you need to do. And you can lay every mat down and take every precaution in order to keep what financial security you have. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you can't take it with you. It's just money. Mm -hmm. And 
in my philosophy, it's way more important that you have a life that makes you happy and gives you what you need. So if you have that... Gives you what you need kind of spiritually, kind yes. of internally, yes. of, you know, builds you up. It's not gives you what you need. I mean, sustenance is fantastic and mm-hmm. it's important and security and shelter. Those things are all important, but there are a lot of different ways, especially in the States that, that you can have that mm-hmm. and you can still have your dream. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Gotta so leave. one of the, the, uh, I think mind blowing pieces about this podcast is this next line. Nothing amazing ever happened without the leap. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, that that's just a, a wisdom in a bottle for the reason that if you think about all of the cool things that ever happened in American world human history. Ever. Right? It, <laughs> we didn't get penicillin yeah. without somebody taking a leap. We wouldn't have an airplane unless someone literally took a, took a literal leap. literal leap. Right? All of these things that happened in in science and technology and development and human betterment um, would not have happened if someone didn't take a risk. Awesome things don't happen by people continuing to do what they've been doing forever. And in our personal life, it's happened over and over again. Uh, Mary and I got married young. Mm-hmm. And we knew that it was the thing that we wanted to do. Uh, it wasn't a shotgun wedding uh, against the belief of many folks at the time. And <laughs> currently, like, I'm sure there was one somewhere. But no, we what, Mary was 17 and a half and I was 19. And we just knew that that's what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And we're coming up on 25 years in that neighborhood. Um, but it was just, there was a leap there for me. I was afraid. I was mm-hmm. standing on the cliff and looking at, at this this opportunity that I knew was going to fly by if I didn't leap. Mm-hmm. And I held my also breath. Also looking at like five big burly football player build guys yes. being like, you better not mess this up. You better treat her right. <laughs> right. And that was, that was a different That's also burly. scary. It's like leaping into the five burly men who were your uncles and your dad. Uh, and, and then when we came to the place where it was time to have kids, and we had kids really scary for you and we had kids young it was uh, early Mm mid-20s and um, I I didn't want to have kids until we were 100% sure we wanted them Mm -hmm. and 100% sure that we were financially capable of, of carrying it and some of the best advice that I've ever had came from your dad, mm-hmm. uh, which was, you are never prepared for kids. You are never, ever prepared for kids. If and you wait until the day when you go, oh, now everything is 100% the way it needs to be mm-hmm. for us to bring children into the world, you You're, won't have ch- children. You won't have them, but you still wouldn't be ready even at that point. Yep. Right? You, you're never prepared for the education that they're going to give you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was a big eye-opener for me. And I looked at the chasm and <laughs> held your hand and we jumped. It's true. And we had kids and it was it was the second best decision that, that I ever made. And I think that, that there are those places in life where it's terrifying, but if you had it to do over again, typically you know you did the right thing if you wouldn't have done it differently, if you don't have doubts or regrets. Even times that we leaped and failed fantastically <laughs> over and over I wouldn't take them back because they're what led us here mm-hmm. which is part of the conversation where this is going yeah. which is that you know part of the the conversation here is hopefully you keep growing all the time throughout your life you keep growing and if you do you're going to hit ceilings mm-hmm. from time to time you're going to hit points where you can't just grow in a straight line mm-hmm. your trajectory needs to change 
So in the example that I gave where I'm talking to the guy who has been in the business for 60 years and he's looking to retire and has no idea what his purpose is or what he was meant for, uh, 365 days at 60 years, he's this man has spent 21,900 days, 21,900 iterations, opportunities to, to realize that he should find his purpose mm-hmm. and he hasn't done it. So the question is how many more of those days is it going to take you to find your purpose? Mm-hmm. But I think the other piece here is finding that purpose, that is a winding path. It's, it's not a the, straight line. It's part of the journey. So Cadence is turning 17 mm-hmm. and we're having a lot of conversations because it terrifies her mm-hmm. that she doesn't really know what she wants to be when I, she grows up. Most people don't know what they most want to people be ever. don't know what they want to be when they're 17 and that's what I keep telling her I told her just the fact that it freaks her out that she doesn't know mm-hmm. probably puts her just a little bit ahead of the game yeah. right because I think most 17 year olds aren't even freaked out yet that they don't know what they want to be when they grow right. up and the conversation that I've had with her is that you and I are doing what we love more than anything and when we were 17 it would never have occurred to us that this was a thing that anyone could do or that this is ever what we would do. It only took every trajectory change and every piece, you know, so many of the weird jobs that I had and experiences that I had have fed into this career Mm -hmm. in ways that you could not have built that experience on purpose. Yeah, you couldn't build the curriculum for it in college. It, It took a lot of, of different leaps and a lot of uh, throwing everything down and moving to a new place and a lot of getting a new job, getting a new career, starting over, doing something entirely different. And there's a big piece of momentum there mm-hmm. that that if you stay at rest, you're going to stay at rest. Yep. And if you stay in motion, you'll stay in motion. If you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to stay on the trajectory that you are on. So if you are blissfully what was it you said last episode something about filled with joy like blissful joy utter joy if you are filled with utter joy every day then that's amazing and awesome but if that's not where you are and you want to change your trajectory you're not going to do it without some kind of a leap some kind of a jar some kind of movement some kind of risk something that terrifies you a force and so we we uh, use the analogy of we know folks who have young kids and didn't actually fall down and get hurt until they were three. Mm-hmm. And the idea there is it's mind boggling to me that kids wouldn't have been bruised or scraped or what have you uh, until age three, four, five. I'm bleeding my own blood. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we feel like uh, life is, is a full contact sport. If in life you don't get bruised, if in life you don't get banged around and and scraped up sometimes, mm-hmm. if you don't come out of a, a scrap with a, a wad of hair in your hands, <laughs> that gross. was more my, my reality growing up when I was a kid. But the idea is that that if you're not if you're not experiencing life and if you don't fail sometimes, then you're not growing and you're not learning. You're not going anywhere. It's true. Do something that terrifies you. I did. <laughs> and you did it fabulously. So any uh, any wrap-up items here? Any closing notes? We want to thank Emerald City Trapeze Arts. Yeah. Uh, I worked with a personal 
with private lessons with a trainer named Ivana, mm-hmm. uh, Ivana Way, who was amazing. She's yes. super good. And it was really scary for me and really, really hard for me to take the leap. And she made it easier. She made it less scary. She made it feel like a good idea mm-hmm. somehow. And, well, and safe. Mm-hmm. Oh, she was very concerned with making sure everything stayed safe every step of the way. So yeah. I was really thankful to her. And uh, Brian, who was the winch operator over there, who was also really great. Yeah. Sean, who's the general manager. Everybody yeah. over there, everyone we worked with was really great. So and, and everybody we saw and interacted with there just had so much energy. But there, if you want to learn trapeze, mm-hmm. if you want to learn aerial hoop, if you want to learn how to climb on silks. Or if you want to just go in there mm-hmm. and sit just in the chair in the lobby yeah. and watch the trapeze lessons. Because the cool thing is, it doesn't really matter if you're watching, like, the experts practice Mm -hmm. who are, like, throwing each other around and looking amazing. That is so fun. But, yeah, the super beginners who have never done it before and, like, scream things like, this is so high up. (laughs) (laughs) That's really fun, too. So check that out. Uh, Big thanks to ABC for giving us the chance to sponsor and play on stage. Mm -hmm. It was a hoot. And we'll definitely be looking to take on more sponsorship opportunities like this. Yep, we really appreciate them all the time. We're going to be talking in a couple of weeks about giving thanks, and we're really thankful for ABC and the position that they've had in our business life. There we go. Do we have any outtakes? Yes. I think we do. Plenty. Yeah, I think we have plenty. All right. Uh, But we did not have a (sighs) jetpack. Something related to uh, aerial hoop. I got to ride the elephant. Is that, is that a jetpack? I don't know. Hashtag ride the elephant. <laughs> Hashtag elephant rides with arcade. That's the jetpack. Ride the elephant with arcade. <laughs> Riding through the arcade door on an elephant. Yes, that would be yeah. that would be epic. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's the jetpack then. Ride the elephant with arcade. <laughs> You can find us on our website at www.thecriticalpathpodcast.com. You can find us at www.arcadewayfinding.com. You can find us on hotaussies.com. Not Australian. What? We're not Australian. I'm at least part Australian. No. Good day, mate. No, that's not a thing. Good day. Bobby. Stop. Bobby. Please stop. <laughs> But you sound tired. <laughs> Only of you when you do your Australian accent. You only have to take it for 21,900 more days. <laughs> I will, gladly. I just need some rest sometime. <laughs> Give me a break, please. You can find us on LinkedIn at Jason Sturgeon, Mary Sturgeon, Arcade Wayfinding. You can find us in West Seattle. Come and see us. We'll make you coffee. Have a coffee. I have Ovaltine lattes now. (sighs) Yeah, they're really kind of poison. They're not poison. They're really delicious. (laughs) They're really good. (laughs) It's not my fault you don't like anything sweet. I'm not a sweetie boy. I'm a savory boy. Is that the hashtag? Savory boy? (laughs) I'm a savory boy. All right. All right. We out of here? Yep. Watch for it. That was fun. It was fun. Time for a nap. Yeah. I need to stop spinning for a little bit. When I found them, <laughs> there were poor waste on the streets of Poughkeepsie of all places. Oh my goodness. They were just wandering the streets, 
poor wandering minstrels until they met a Romani soothsayer who held them and offered a secret potion. That secret potion is the secret to their success. If you would like a taste of that potion, you should work <laughs> with Wayfinder because they will help you find your success. They are the masters of mystery. Indeed. <laughs> Are they done yet? I think they're done. <laughs> okay. <laughs>